1: We crack into it. I wanted to say a massive thank you to um, some wonderful responses that we got to last week's episode with Ian Bonnot and Peter Ettighe talking about their fantastic documentary, Rising Phoenix. Um, It seems that a lot of you were not aware of the documentary, and after watching it, absolutely inspired and blown away, not just by the, the stories of these incredible people within the film, but also the way that Ian and Peter have chosen to. Tell their stories, and um, so thank you for that. It really means the world, and we'll pass on those comments as well to Ian and Peter. Um, our latest guest on soundtracking is Melissa Parmenter. Now, not only has she worked alongside the great Michael Winterbottom, who's previously appeared on this show for many years as a producer, but she's also a composer who scored the Killer Inside Me and Genova, as well as the Scandinavia EP and her new album Misapica. Now, we'll discuss all of that in a moment, but first, a word from our friends at HelloFresh. Now, if you didn't know, HelloFresh provides all the fresh, seasonal ingredients and step-by-step recipe cards to cook up delicious dinners from scratch. And they're delivered straight to your door at a time that suits you. There's a huge range of recipes to choose from and options to suit every lifestyle and taste, including rapid recipes that are on the table in 20 minutes or less, vegetarian options and treat yourself recipes for those special nights in which we all seem to be having a lot of at the minute. All the ingredients you need for each recipe are included in the box so there's no need to have to nip out to the shops to pick up something that you're missing and there's also flexible delivery and subscription too. There's no waste either with all the ingredients weighed Pre portioned. In fact, HelloFresh customers waste 21% less food than those who buy from supermarkets. Well, listen, I can tell you that I'm bored of my own cooking after the last seven months. So, any excuse for some inspiration uh, is absolutely welcome. And this offer from HelloFresh might have come at just the right time. And along with delicious recipes, you could also get 50% off your first HelloFresh box. And then 35% 35% off your next three after that. So just go to HelloFresh.co.uk and use the promo code SOUND. That's HelloFresh.co.uk with the promo code SOUND for your 50% off your first HelloFresh box and then 35% off your next three after that. Go on, you know you want it. And so to the multi talented Melissa, producer, composer extraordinaire. And we'll begin with one of our cues from Genova alleyways Thank you so much for sparing the time for us. Oh, my goodness.
0: Thank you. So lovely to meet you, finally.
1: Yeah, you know, we have, we've talked about you in the podcast before, but your place and position in in our world of watching, you know, films and music is quite unique in that you cross these two worlds very successfully on both sides of it, you know, as a producer and also as a composer. But from hearing you talk, uh, from watching interviews and, and things with you, That world of music is so personal and kind of rooted in you, isn't it?
0: No, exactly. I mean, yeah. When you watch me talking, it's like, where did that music come from?
1: (laughs) So lovely.
0: There is one, there's one interview on me online and I look like a posh Tory MP. I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not Well, the stuff that I've watched is kind of it just, you're, you're, pure passion the way your face lights up when you talk about creating music is just lovely
0: i love it yeah i mean everyone's got their inside monologue their inside space and that's where my my space is inside because all the, the producing is all very sort of hands-on practical very much people out you know everything exterior exterior of course inside you've got your your voice as well so it's amazing to have that chance to do both you know
1: yeah I imagine that the, the the composer music came first, but in a professional capacity, did the producing come first, or what, how did how did that work? Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, funny enough, our friend Matt Whitecross, he was the because <laughs> I I actually met him years ago when we were together on the Oxford Channel. We worked. We were doing after university. I, I did music at university, but I, my entire. Childhood, I was just overexcited about everything, to be totally honest. I loved yes. dancing, I was choreographing, I was composing music, playing piano, I did the violin. And so, all that energy and enthusiasm for everything, it did come first, the music, I think. But at the same time, you're young, you're sort of experiencing the world. And I went, I did this work with Matt in the Oxford Channel. That's where I sort of got into the excitement of production and making films was like the ultimate. Um, so then Matt was actually working with Revolution Films and Michael Winterbottom at the time. And I came and like covered for him one day. And then the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> I was there for like, I've been working for like 20 years with Michael, with Revolution, with Matt, all of us We sort of worked, made so many films together. And I think, you know, when you study music, and then you come out of university. It's like where to start. Where do you start? So for me, I was like, well, if I work in film,
1: <laughs> maybe yeah. I can
0: put my CD out. It's <laughs> like throw it to the editors. Here's a
1: great that. composer who should be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, so that's that was kind of how it all came
1: about. But I imagine as well, though, that you, you know, being a producer, you know, producers involved in in so many aspects behind the camera of the film and what we see is a finished article and music's part of that so even when you've not been composing for the films that you've worked on as a producer you must have still had a, a an influence in that and a you know a decision and a conversation in that as well
0: well exactly I mean I from the start you know to, like music for me is where everything stems from, you know. But um, working with Michael, well, we started off with like we did nine songs. That was all music, and I was determined I wanted to be in charge of the music. <laughs> I was like, That's my job. Then we're not going to get a music supervisor here. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, to be fair, Michael has incredible taste in music, and most of the time it would be a combination of him knowing exactly what he wants, or you know, we research things together. And I, I really loved getting into the world of, of you know, <laughs> this sounds really exciting, music clearances and licensing, um, but choosing tracks, things that work for, for the picture and then getting to know all the publishers and the labels and, and, and that's what a producer does as well. You need to have, you know, you, you, start, you make all the contacts and so forth. But um, with the music, it was very much an organic process, but Michael was, was driving it quite mm. quite a lot of the time. Because it is hard, isn't it? it? It's like when you have that voice inside, you know, Michael kind of just knew what he wanted. Um, and then we all sort of pull around that.
1: Can you remember the point where where you did kind of, you know, we joke about here's a CD of a great composer that you should use sort of thing. And I'm, I'm assuming that he knew quite early on about that side of you and about, you know, you make and you compose beautiful and brilliant emotive music but what, what was that sort of turning point of, of, of it going, I'm not just going to, you know, kind of be the person that organises all this, what about using my music? Can you remember that point?
0: That point, well, I think because I'd always composed music, music since I was very young, all piano um Very much piano based, and I had uh, I had lots of tracks which I was always working on and had had them, you know, in my little library, and it just felt very very natural. In the process of making the film, I was so involved in the actors, the shooting, and just emotionally engaged with the whole thing. It just made sense for me to to approach and say, you know, uh, but it's not like I I I was there saying, oh, please use my music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much an organic thing. And then even when we did Geneva. We shot six weeks in Italy, Colin Firth, Catherine Keener, and it was so, so much fun. And there again, the sort of experience of being on set and working with everyone from the from the beginning to the end of making the film. I had these ideas, I had these, these, these musics. And then it came to the, you know, I was very lucky because it comes to, you know, we needed to do some temp music, you know, so it was like, okay, <laughs> and I was—I basically just suggested things, you know. Yeah. And sort of the strings were working, and and enough, it was like my first one, and I did it all on garage bands, which is like—it's <laughs> quite impressive. Well done. <laughs> <In this thing>. <laughs> <laughs> I know anyone can do a film school, um, and uh, and it was so it was so wonderful. I I just it felt a very organic process, and it's quite unusual, I have to say. And it just um I was so happy that I wasn't replaced. <laughs> that was my first one. Your biggest fear is like who's going to replace the temp temp uh, temp score? If you get in there at the beginning and you are the temp music, uh, then you've got a good chance that you will stay.
1: I mean, I guess that's a. You know, there are some composers who, who that would be the idea of of heaven, of being on the production, being on set to sort of watch the performances and all that, and how that can feed the real kind of core of the emotion that the director's trying to get at. And there are other composers who, you know, they just need to read the script, and that's kind of how they do it because it's their interpretation of things. But that just feels like such a wonderful way to really find rich. Textures and layers to what the music needs to do, really particularly I was watching um Genoa and there's a track playing in the snow, I think it's called where when you watch it on screen you know it's it's two worlds for that cue, so you're outside in the snow with these kids and having a lovely kind of boisterous time in the snow, and then inside is is much more considered, but this beautiful piece of score has to transcend both these. Play season stuff. And I, I don't know really what my question is about that, but that was kind of just a, a really, it's a beautiful piece of score. It's got this kind of quite specific structure to it that I really love.
0: It's got a kind of Eric Satie style piano vibe going on. I think for me, because in the story, the little girl, she played by Willa Holland, she plays, they both learn the piano. And uh, so the piano was very much the centre of the idea of the score. And obviously, when we were shooting, like you say, it was the most incredible. I, I experience to have the atmosphere of shooting in the old town in, in Italy, and we've got the piano, and the girls are learning the piano, and then I was playing the pieces that they then played on film, and and choosing the you know choosing all of the um all, all of their the repertoire they were going to play as part of their lessons, and so there was that element of 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 simple piano, which obviously mm. is uh, my special my specialty, <laughs> and um and I just it just felt all very natural. I think you know with Michael. He, he, he does, he's very good, he, he places things, he gives really incredible sort of direction of where the music yeah. needs to go. And I think, well, that was the wake, wasn't it? It's quite a sad scene.
1: the music's not melancholy in a way it's kind of got a real playfulness to it it's clever it's really yeah it's almost kind of for me anyway it's a kind of you know it's that weird thing about wakes isn't it where it's it's a really sad time but there's always that moment where it's celebratory of of a kind of person or whatever so there's almost that you know at some point it's going to be okay kind of thing and that's for me almost what the music does in a way Mm -hmm. oh well thank you yeah Mm -hmm with score as well because I want to get on and talk about your you know your own compositions outside the world of film and, and stuff where it's it's purely the music but just a couple of other specific score moments as well and when you look at something like The Killer Inside Me and when it's a genre kind of film in a way does that come into how you start thinking about the score or what you're going to write?
0: In the case of The of Killer Inside Me um it was we what kind of wanted to do um do something that had a sort of a sense of that sort of uh, so had some more electronic elements to it some sort of sound effects and that sort of because it's an in, such an intense story it's quite quite full on and i think i wanted to use the strings um and all the tension strings in the sort of uh, uh, and combine those with sort of screechy metallic sounds which were all which i worked with my friend Joel Cadbury um and we we did that score together For, on the case of that one there was quite a lot of uh temp score that yeah. we put in that worked really well i'm trying to try to remember <laughs> what was it um oh my god i can't remember the track it's but, ten years ago, that's crazy. I know, oh, I know, God. it's too long. I need to do another one. It was quite full-on. There was a scene called Kill Joyce, where he's basically a little bit. It's a little bit too much, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but he's basically killing this uh, Joyce, killing Joyce, and it was intense, intense violence. And it was really hard to write for that. To to keep watching it and and going little tiny details, but you know that sort of um. I don't know I wanted that whole score to have the piano still at the heart of it but using sort of sound effects and more sort of electronic sounds and the tension strings to like move it along the inspiration behind that I, I basically i do i do just go with with mainly with the story and the pictures of how how they how they come to me at the time i don't I'm not very good at planning with music it's very much um it just it's about not, emotion isn't it at the time
1: that it, really yeah. it really is
0: it really is and actually sometimes it was quite stressful because with when you're writing scores it's it you've it's got to make the story work you know mm-hmm. and you've got to tell this story and 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 it, it's so different to when you're writing just music for yourself that I found you know sometimes it can be very stressful trying to you know tell the story in the right way
1: but that's the beauty of the job. Who were the um, the film composers that you kind of really admired kind of you know when you were when you were getting into that and was it something because you were so you know you were composing music from a really early age were you aware of kind of that that synergy and that relationship between film and music quite early on? yeah I mean
0: I would literally go to to see films just to listen to the score oh, I mean wow. that was a lot to do yeah but I have to say it <laughs> whenever, whenever I think of my the composers it's always basically the ones that most people say <laughs> but anyway what can you do like Michael Nyman and Philip Glass mm. oh. <laughs> and they they were just and Gabriel Gabriel Yared and and you know it is um they're all men they're all men. Jocelyn Pook. Love Jocelyn Pook's. (laughs) Yeah. Eyes wide shut. one of those things that just hits you from from the heart and, and and I think you know there was a time during when I was really young that it, I was literally buying soundtracks every every week would be the big blue you know oh i love the big blue The big Leon soundtrack. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, I was just going mad. And old Sally Potter had incredible soundtracks. Literally everything. Every week would be yeah. a new soundtrack. And then I feel like there was a period, unless it was me being very busy doing something else, there was a period in time, maybe for like around 15 years, but, but, but soundtracks became more like just functional. Yeah. I, I stopped buying some soundtracks. It sort of didn't interest me. But then recently there's been such a big research of, of scores
1: and soundtracks. It's really, really exciting. Totally. And I think that as well, what's really interesting, like I remember the the use of well of of existing music and score and how that works is really interesting and I think that like I spoke to Luca Guadagnino for Call Me By Your Name which are a I loved the film and I thought that his the way that he'd used you know he used Philip Glass and things and that and I just think that that was such an an amazing and it was all existing music but in a slightly different way you know in terms of it not, not all being kind of needle drop popular music track it being you know exist in classical music as well and john adams and exactly yeah, I that was really clever
0: that was fantastic and it was so wonderful because it just put you can listen to that whole album through uh, from the beginning to the end and you're going through so many different styles yeah and whoever it is watching, you know, you, you have the remnants of the film in your mind and in your heart when you're listening. Mm-hmm. So it reminds you about the film, but it also reminds you of your your experiences in the song, like the whole heat of it. And then the music's so fantastic. I could not agree more. It's a really good example of yeah. Of like where they you know and, and michael's actually very good at that because we have a lot of totally. Martha, a lot of strauss that we put in the trip series which is sort of melancholy but huge and, and yeah so it
1: is true that it, you know i think i think oh it's just so exciting yeah I
0: love it so much
1: yeah like going from suffering stevens to like Ryuchi sakamoto it's like oh that's like brilliant <laughs> yes can i have that every day please
0: <laughs> exactly and then, and all the people who've never heard John or have not heard that music suddenly they you know from you know they might just like such and suddenly they love everything else and and it can really get people into to oh I think it's it's fantastic
1: mentioned the trip and one of the things I wanted to ask I mean I love the trip it's so great I love it so brilliant you know when you were deciding on how that was going to sound music wise because like you say it does have all this beautiful kind of really kind of grand orchestra music that comes in but then you have these two occasionally you know bursting into song or doing an impersonation of tom jones singing or sinatra singing or whatever and stuff that must be a nightmare
0: (laughs) they are a nightmare i have to call up all the labels and say just so you know steve and rob are going on the road again so we've no idea what they're going to start singing next but it will probably be very expensive (laughs) that's my producer hat on i'm like oh my goodness oh the vet they're so amazing like i was watching it actually it's a bit sad, isn't it? Watching
1: clips. No, of it? it's not. You should because it's brilliant. And because we can't go anywhere at the minute as well, yeah. it's like it's perfect viewing.
0: <laughs> I know. I was looking at the, the ABBA, the ABBA, when they are oh, on the first series of the trip, and you know, the winner takes it all, and just the way they start, and then they, they keep correcting each other as they're singing because they keep getting it slightly wrong. And, and it's so, honestly, Michael, really, I don't know how it happened, but we found two actors who both. Just secretly love singing. Well, actually, Rob may be less, sec- less secretly. Yes. <laughs> it's an incredible live show, which is all singing. But Steve and Rob together, they are, oh, I love it. I love it. They're, they're hilarious and, and they really do sing so well.
1: But that, I think that's the thing. It's so relatable on so many levels, like that thing of getting lyrics wrong. You know, you kind of, you listen, you listen to a song and you you know, you make your own interpretation. And no, 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 I, I heard it this way. And you know, no, no, that's where it's just all those little things are just another layer to why it's it's hilarious and and absolutely brilliant what inspires your you've got this 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 brilliant new record and i've i've heard a couple of tracks from it um Ostunian mesapica mesapica is that how you
0: say it? ah did you hear ah is that actually mesapica yeah the album's called mesapica there's a track called chelius so mesapica and there's a track yeah Osuni. oh great thank you
1: what inspires your that side of your composing
0: well I think for me it was a it's like an antidote to real life and everything else everything else that's going on and and obviously producing films is very stressful at times and and involves a lot of talking communication you know and discussing and emailing and there's so many practical things and also creative but not in a kind of you know so it's quite, for me, it's my little, my space where I go, where I don't have to talk to anyone. And uh, I just write my, my music, my tunes. And it's so wonderful just to, to be, be lucky. I to just be free to, to, to do the pieces I wanted To do and then put it together as an album and and then obviously with the whole digital the way that you can release music nowadays I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to 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 do this and I want to do another one after but anyway but this one was uh, Miss Africa yeah it's just basically I had these sound effects that I recorded um, during filming of Geneva actually a long time ago and uh, and and whenever I was in Italy I'd be like. Recording all the sounds that just remind me of the hot, the heat in the summer. So you've got the bells, the church bells, and Italian church bells. It's slightly different to uh, to other bells for some bizarre reason. Anyway, so I was recording all these amazing sounds from Italy that I wanted to feature into the album. And for me, it is basically one big because I was born in Italy and I grew up there. So it's one big nostalgia trip. This album for me to Italy and Ostuni is a town just in Puglia, on the heel of Italy, down south, and. Actually, there's a really nice video of it that um, Michael did put together for me—a video, music video for Ostuni, with archive footage for like 1950, sort of seven, 1960. And it's all black and white, stunning archive footage. Was basically like it looks like 1920s. They're nothing, you know, they're really, really backward in the 1960s, and it's changed so much now. Yeah, nice video too. And it's just all from the heart, really. This, this, this—it's all from inside me. <laughs>
1: And did you, and there's some beautiful, the kind of cello, cellist on it, um, Harry Escott, who, um, I've always loved the sound of the cello, but it's something I think in the last, I think, do you know what I think it is? I think it's since um, Hilda's Joker score and speaking to her about that and then it, and, and kind of almost deep diving into her world a bit more of that, of hearing how she composes on the cello. I don't know, it's just an instrument that really resonates with me. How does it work with that when it's kind of piano and cello?
0: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with you on the cello. I'm cello. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness,
0: I could not agree more. There's, there there is the the warmth that the the sort of it, it's so strong. And and when we wrote it, with, well, basically the piano always comes first for me. But there were some tracks, um, like for example, there's a track called Chistanino on there, another town in Puglia, um, and I wanted to use Harry's cello almost like a sort of an Indian, sitar, like a, a sort of a Middle Eastern instrument, but use the Western instrument as that. So, so, and, and then the sounds that Harry got from the cello playing that piece were just phenomenal. And it's just a very versatile instrument. And so I, I basically taken my my piece that I wrote for the cello and I I go to Harry's studio and then we have a play around and we've performed quite a lot together as well Harry's amazing and he wrote the score for the wedding guest and um well we I've known him from years back when we did the road to Guantanamo he did the score for that as well yeah so he's very much in our life and um I love the cello I'm like you
1: With your connection with Italy, was Italian cinema a big thing for you, or was it kind of? You know, kind of... Yeah, I mean, I watched all
0: the usual, the like, you know, the old classics, La Dolce Vita, and so yeah.
1: forth.
0: I was when I was growing up, I was more into French films. Actually, it was a sort of Trois Couleurs, Three Colors, film, and, and uh, Girl on the Bridge, La Fille le Pont, which I watched recently in lockdown. It's funny the things you do in lockdown. You just sort of, if you have a moment, you watch things from years ago. It's. Uh, I, uh, but I yeah, no, Italy. It was it was really more personal experience of yeah. being there and loving it and feeling Italian wherever I go. And then yeah. when I'm in Italy, I feel very English. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically I'm neither English nor Italian. But that's the thing. Though, is you can you know that's where our imagination comes in. And you know when yeah. you're there, you can you can be kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's the great thing. Yeah, exactly. I remember going to New York with my to my mum to New York for her. 50th and she'd always wanted to go we went for like three nights and we went out to the Statue of Liberty and they had like a little coffee stand and she's like you I was like you go and get coffees and I'll go and get the the headsets for the audio tour and stuff so we can do the whole thing and then I got them a really quick and so I got back as she was ordering in an American accent (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh hello (laughs) she's like bless her oh Um, Oh, so sweet yeah what's um what's next have you have you found you know has has lockdown because it's been interesting speaking to people over the last however many months we've been in lockdown you know whether they found a a, a kind of you know finding a creative time and and it's it's interesting the kind of waves people go through Has, has it been a creative time for you have you been able to to compose and have you been producing as well what's what's been what have you been you know filling your time with as well as watching great French cinema
0: <laughs> yeah exactly well and a lot of children's uh yeah. like black books yeah about 500 times <laughs> I was like what can we find because basically I've got a son who's nine and so so to be honest with children I I was so envious of people who, had, who didn't have children for lockdown just Basically, I was like oh I could have three albums done by this time and instead I got like you know an hour here or there uh, yeah and watched a lot of black books <laughs> but yeah Out Numbers is another one that's good but it's you gotta find the programs you can watch adults and children yeah Together. but um no for, for lockdown I did do some new pieces actually so that's exciting the thing I find hardest for new albums and music is is what the concept is because with instrumental music it's not like you've got something you're saying with words
1: there's no agenda there there's no kind of it's a film about this but you know so there's it's kind of a it's a blank canvas isn't it
0: no exactly so I was like oh the months of the year <laughs> January February <laughs> but April, that's 12 tracks, done. Album. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. And I was oh, maybe that is a good idea. Oh, anyway, that's the inside of my workings. The main thing is I did get a few tracks done. And right. then we're also talking about doing a film, a TV series, sorry, uh, with uh, Fremantle. And, uh, and that's sort of the uh, Boris Johnson COVID story, which Michael is writing. Oh, wow. I know. I was like, oh, goodness me. We've just done, we just did uh, Greed with Steve, Steve Coogan, a version of um, Philip Green. So we've gone from Philip Green to, to
1: Boris Johnson. <laughs> well, he's just been in Puglia, has he not? So it's kind of like you got that. Um... I was like, oh, no, another man behaving badly. God, yeah. Jeez. No,
0: it's a, it's a, such an incredible story, really. I mean, yeah. the poor chap. Getting COVID and everything. Uh, so we're working on that. And then um I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? We don't really know when filming, I mean, people have started filming and things yeah. are getting busy, but whether there's another lockdown now, I can't, mm-hmm. I was like getting a bit depressed about that this morning.
1: Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask about as well, because the was the first thing that you kind of released of your own, the Scandinavia EP back in? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Did you listen back to that? And how would you say your own music has? changed or developed or grown since then do you do you feel or notice a difference at all
0: yeah i think i do and especially with my new lockdown tracks we're feeling very different
1: <laughs> i, I actually have one for every month that we've been in lockdown
0: exactly i've, well, I've definitely got three in the bag I, i'm missing <laughs> i'm missing a few but um no well the ep actually funny they do have the same sound and texture because i recorded them on the same piano and harry was was playing um on the ep and he is on the, the album but I felt like I had unfinished business. I only did five tracks for the EP. So I needed to do more yeah. uh, in that vein. And I, I felt that i had a lot to say and I'm really enjoying um, doing releasing the music like as an artist um, sort of, of my own thing. And um, and I do feel that it has, I, I really, yeah, I, it's funny. You find find new ways of playing the piano every time. And it is really interesting to see how things change, but nothing's, it, it's never sort of, worse or better it it changes I think the the main thing when you're playing solo piano is you have to really have a a melody I think or some tune, something that's beautiful that's saying something because otherwise you can feel, you don't want it just to sound like an accompaniment to something else it needs to speak on its own because if you are going to do that very simple piano music with with little else going on it needs to really say something, that's always my mission I've got to keep saying things (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah well I mean this the tracks that I've had from the the album it's it's so beautiful Um yeah. Ostuni particularly just kind of stopped me in my tracks it's kind of yeah it's absolutely stunning it's brilliant well, definitely watch the video <laughs> yeah I will I'm gonna go and watch it Um one quick thing before I wanted to ask just be- with regards to like Michael and this in this and the, this kind of you know brilliant Career that he's had as a storyteller, and whether you notice a difference from the when you started working with him to now in terms of music. If you're going to get clearance on a music, if you go now, it's Michael Winterbottom film. They'll go, oh yeah, fine. (laughs) Um,
0: well, not really. What I'd say hasn't changed, which is funny, is that Michael does often go back to the same music. So. Like the trip is all the Michael Nyman from Wonderland, which is his own film. So he'd steal from his own film <laughs> and put it, in book, which looks a little bit lazy. I'm like, hmm, do you not want to try some new tracks? But um, we got clearance
1: for this one; we can get it again.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like in the Killer Inside Me, we had some Marla, and, and they had the same in another one. So I, we've kind of got our little address book of where we need to go, <laughs> which tracks where and when. But to be honest, actually, the music, the cost of clearing music nowadays has gone uh, crazy. It's all, it's because of the streaming, everything's Mm -hmm. gone bananas because you need to clear everything for worldwide, all media, in perpetuity, forever. And that doesn't exist anymore because of the streaming world's changed everything. So I've definitely seen uh, the prices go up. But normally we are really lucky and people yeah. love working with us, and Michael's films are always seen as yeah. a good thing to do.
1: Yeah, totally. It's so lovely to get the chance to chat to you. It really is. Oh, thank I, you so much. My, I really, really love meeting you finally. Yeah, you too. I hope we get to do it in person at some point as well. I know. Yeah. yeah. One day. They're allowed out. Yeah. To- the house exactly and um, listen take care keep yeah. writing Thank get the you. rest of that other
0: album finished oh god yeah And need to if I have got any other ideas apart from the months let me know <laughs> <laughs> you can do the colors of the rainbow yes
1: zodiac signs
0: i know i thought of that
1: mm, tricky anyway seven dwarfs it could be a lot of sort of yes. ep so and no, between me no, in an album
0: in a tracks for it for, okay for an album
1: <laughs> <laughs> and snow white there you go snow white and the seven dwarfs
0: yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: melissa take Thanks. care thank you so much Good love lots thank of you. love bye Melissa's new album, Misapica, that is Loco Rontondo, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the wonderful composer and producer. My huge thanks to Melissa for taking the time to talk to us. Misapica is available to pre-order now with three of the tracks currently available, all of which we played extracts of during the conversation. Head to edithbowman.com to find a link to a Spotify playlist for this show. My website is also the place to catch up with all of our previous episodes, including my chats with Michael Winterbottom and Luca Guarnino. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And also, please, if you can... Do subscribe to our little YouTube channel as well where I'm putting together a little show featuring guests on the podcast and others who don't quite fit the screen music brief. It has been wonderful to put together and I would hugely appreciate you going and checking it out. Next up, well, the man who started all this for us, in fact, was our very first guest on episode one. Since then, he's been back two more times and this is his fourth the return of the wonderful ben wheatley talking about his adaptation of rebecca and clint mansell's fabulous score for it i very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then in the meantime stay safe